Welcome to Unstoppable Real Hospitality. Your host, Arjun Sela. Today, we have an interesting, interesting guest. He's so well equipped. So, I don't know, it's going to be a long conversation, short, but doesn't matter. He's unbelievable guest. His name is Fred Dex. He's, he's coming from Pennsylvania. He's born there. And uh, at the moment, he lives in Brooklyn. He has a big baggage in the hospitality business. He's a master sommelier, cocktail creator, consultant, etc., etc., etc. Welcome to the show, Fred. Thank you so much. Uh, I love the name of the show, by the way. Unstoppable hospitality is it, you can't get much better than that. Um, I think you know Danny Meyer coined the phrase. Um, enlightened hospitality but unstoppable hospitality takes it to a whole uh, other level and um it's good to be here and to uh, talk to you today man and uh love to talk about whatever questions you have and um thank you for that wonderful introduction uh yes i'm in brooklyn uh so if you hear some some noises um there's like eight uh, townhouses being renovated in my, my neighborhood. <laughs> so there's guys, uh, there's jackhammers, there's um, saws, there's uh, hammers. So um, any background noise, just please, um, you know, know that, that that's not, that's not my doing. It's just, well, it doesn't stop, a, it doesn't stop the interview. They're, un, they're unstoppable. They're unstoppable. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Unstoppable construction. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so Fred, uh, t- tell us about yourself. Uh, when did you start in this business? Restaurant business uh, and uh, the that's a good question, Arjun. Um, so I, I feel like I've been in this business my my whole life. Uh, I grew up, like you said, in Pennsylvania, and I had the fortune. Uh, the the I was fortunate enough that my my family, my grandfather in particular, um, he he developed a, a golf course, and which eventually had a restaurant, and then beyond that had a a video arcade and then beyond that had a video uh, VHS store. So I was always customer facing as a kid, um, you know, whether it be, you know, uh, you know, handing out money to different people, changing quarters uh, for tokens for the video games, um, flipping burgers, making pizza, milkshakes. Um, and then, you know, Further down the line, when we had the you know the video store, uh, VHS and, and movies are very much like wine, mm-hmm. and uh, almost like an experience. So people were you know asking me you know what movie should I watch? I like this actor, I like this director, I like this this style of movies, and um, you know that's a really quick uh, that's about as fast cliff notes as I could give you in my childhood. But um, you know all of that you know led me to a life of hospitality and. Um, you know, I got into waiting tables and uh, the great, this is a great story. The first job I ever had waiting story, uh, waiting tables was uh, at a, at a restaurant with this Greek guy. He looked kind of like you. Um, you know, <laughs> he had a nice uh, hairdo. Um, <laughs> well, he, he looked like Kojak, by the way, if anyone knows uh-huh. Kojak, Telly Savalas. Um, he was a Greek guy named Stratis Bass and, um, him and his wife owned this restaurant and they gave me an opportunity to wait tables. And after a couple of days of training, they were like, well, you're like a one out of a 10, but we like you and uh, we think you have a good personality. So we'll train you. 
And fast forward, he started talking about wine and where it comes from and all these other things. Uh, plus he also was the, you know, he ran the bar and I was, I was watching him and one night just clicked. He said, he was talking to the table and it just clicked. And I was like, wow, wine is really interesting. And, um, uh, a couple of days later, a buddy of mine was like, get a book about wine. Probably have it on this shelf somewhere. This yes. book here, this one. Uh, <laughs> wow. This, this is my first wine book, Alexis Bespaloff's um, wow. uh, Complete Wine Guide. And um, this thing is earmarked to death. And uh, I went to Nantucket. I was in Vermont then. And I uh -huh. went to Nantucket. And then... Uh, I got some jobs working in wine cellars and bars and waiting mm -hmm. tables and in wine stores and retail. And I used to tell my friends, I was on, I was less than 21. I was like, get me that wine on that shelf over here or get me this or get me that. I was underage. So, you know, I couldn't buy. Um, mm -hmm. And then, so that's about 20 years ago. So my path was pretty set at that point. And, um, you know, fast forward a couple more years, yes. uh, bounce around the country um, you know, from, you know, Vermont to Nantucket to Jackson Hole. And then I got an opportunity to work uh, in New York here uh, with Danielle Baloud, with Jean-Luc Ledoux, um, the late, great Jean-Luc Ledoux, who has a store. He passed away a couple years ago um, yes, at Danielle. Yes, yes. So uh, my first foray in New York City was at, you know, Danielle, which is the palace of dining um, with one of the great, you know, charismatic uh, sommeliers in the world. So, I mean, that, that's, about, that's about as truncated as I can get yes, for, yes, uh, yes. For, the, for the story. Um, and then, you know, that's, that's, that's basically the foundation right there. So that's, that's about 20 years ago. So you can ask any questions yes, from, yes, from that yes, point yes. on because a lot of stuff has, has happened. Of course, um, of course. Uh, 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 how, what was the difference? Uh, because uh, you, you say you're, you're working in Turkey and you came uh, in New York City. Uh, how was your experience? Um, how you blend it with uh, with uh, with them? Because it's a French restaurant. It's a well. Yeah, well, that's a great question. Um, yes. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't last very long there, to be honest mm -hmm. with you. Uh, and that's a good question because culturally, um, I had, I'd never seen anything like this. Mm -hmm. um, you know, this is this is this formal. You know, when you grow up in Pennsylvania you know, with, with modesty and, you know, the, the best restaurant is like, you know, a, a tap room yes. or, or, you know, a pizza restaurant where you sit down and have like, you know, or, or I remember going to pizza hut when I was a kid and that was like a dining experience. Dining experience. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was, it was interesting. Uh, and a great, a great, the, the great analogy I could tell you is that mm -hmm. Daniel Balud once walked up to me and grabbed my collar mm -hmm. and he said, what is this shit? You know, um, what do you, you know, I didn't know about, uh, the collar stays, you know, uh -huh. how to keep your, your, your shirt crisp. Yes, and, yes, yes, and, yes. And uniform, you know, taking care of your uniform mm -hmm. in that sense. And, and, and that gave me an idea. I was like, oh my goodness. Um, you know, and I didn't know what a dry cleaner was okay. <laughs> or I knew nice. what a dry cleaner was, but it was, you know, that was part of this whole, like keeping your uniform crisp and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, so, but but also like just the people who walked in that door, I'd never seen anything like it. Mm -hmm. uh, princes, uh, princesses, queens, kings, you wow. know, royalty, actors, people with, you know. Um, Prestige, you know, yeah. Yeah, you, you, so, you, you, you know, that to me was, was eye-opening and um, it really gave me 
a sense of like, wow, this is what I've seen in movies. You know, mm -hmm. think of like, think of like Pretty Woman, and I'm I'm yes. Julia Roberts in this in this in this role, and yes, uh, yes. and uh, Danielle's my Richard Gere, um, and uh, you know that was pretty pretty awesome. And the next thing that we mm -hmm. can talk about is where I really learned hospitality. Yes, um, and I left uh, Danielle uh, to go to Gramercy Tavern, and that's mm. pretty much where. This, yes, yes. The, the hero's journey begins, so to speak. Right there. Yeah, yeah. So, 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 so uh, uh, when you went to uh, Gramercy Tavern, did you uh, had any training, a, a different training, or you already had an idea how hospitality works? Well, I had never heard the word hospitality until uh -huh. I went to Gramercy Tavern. So mm -hmm. that's why it's a pretty uh, funny uh, story in that sense. Um, you know, uh, Gramercy at that time, you know, Tom Colicchio was the chef and he was just opening a restaurant called Kraft. So there was a couple of, there were a couple of positions open at that time that he, you know, he took a couple guys with him and I got an opportunity to interview with Paul Greco, who owns a, a bar terroir restaurant, uh, terroir uh, wine bar, who is one of the great, you know, personalities in wine, created Summer of Riesling. And from there, I had about five interviews, four or five interviews. And I was like, can, can I just get a job here? You know, I want to work here. And, um, you know, I got hired and they give you about a week's worth of uh, kind of trailing, training, not stage, not stagiering. Yes, yes, yes. Term, you know, stagiering where mm -hmm. you go and uh, it's very common in cooking and kitchens where you go yes. and uh, trail you go for a couple of months and learn you know in a in michelin star restaurants very very common but you know one day you do this one day you do that one day you go to the kitchen the next day you trail uh, one of the best captains and you walk and then you do some back of the house things and mm -hmm. so you learn you learn all the systems of the restaurant in a sense and i don't even think danny coined the term danny meyer by the way didn't mm -hmm. i don't think that the, we didn't talk about enlightened hospitality but i remember after I was hired and I got through that week or so, um, he used to do one-on-one, -on -one, um, not one-on-one, -on -one, but group interviews with um, any new hires. So it didn't matter if it was a cook or a bartender, busser, back waiter, porter, any, any cog in the system, he uh, would call a meeting with. And I remember going to 11 Madison Park before it is what it is now. It is, yes, when yes, yes. This is, this is, this is a uh, 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, by the way, that restaurant opened in 1998 um, with Tabla was an Indian restaurant and there were about seven or eight of us and they were from union square cafe. They were from Tabla and we just sat there and Danny had a personal meeting with us and he talked about hospitality mm -hmm. and I was like, Holy, you know, Holy crap, man. What is this guy talking about? I've never heard anything like this. And if you read the book, Setting the Table, everything he said is in that book right there. Yes, yes. And he had already been kind of, you know, creating a blueprint, I guess, or some sort of draft in his mind yes. of, of this enlightened hospitality concept. So I was like, wow, treat, you know, and he had the tenements. I forget all the five, but there were five tenements. And it's like, treat your staff, treat your coworkers great. And then treat your guests great, treat your community great, then treat your purveyors great, and then the money and the and then, then the business will come. It was a kind of a five tier 
mm -hmm. uh, a system. I was like, wow, you're actually allowed to like treat, you know, your brother and sisters well and not scream and yell. And, you know, <laughs> uh, if you're a chef, you're not throwing a pan at someone. Um, uh, I, I remember, uh, you know, it, I remember seeing chefs just like take over a station and, and make, you know, grown men cry, let's say. Um, and it was, you know, that's the old days, but, um, no, but with Danny, it was kind of like, treat your, treat your fellow staff members. Well, treat your guests. Well, treat your community. He was big on community. I never really thought about it that way. Mm -hmm. And then your purveyors, the people you buy, you know, your products from treat them well, which is not something that's, uh, common. I mean, we could do better, let's say in, our, in, of in, course. in wine course. spirits, in, in the beverage industry, we could, we could all do better treating um, our, our purveyors better, giving them more information and treating them like family. And then the rest of it was the bottom line will come. So it, it wasn't just like, go make money, go upsell, go do this. It was like, mm -hmm. there's these, these tiers. And then if, if you follow, if follow, if follow the script, everything will come. Yes. So, and it did. Place, and, yes. and I spent about two years at Gramercy Tavern and I, I did about every job you could do there. Um, I, I got to work in the cellar, which was amazing. Um, I got to, you know, do all the cellar work, receive all the wines, stock all the stuff, bring everything upstairs, uh, put it away, organize it. And I became like a, you know, I was like a utility player for, for them. <laughs> I wasn't any, you know, I was, I could go do, I could go make drinks if I had to. I could go <laughs> to a table if I had to. I, I knew where every bottle of wine was. I knew where every wow. bottle of liquor was. I knew how to make the cocktail recipes, you know. So those type of things, um, you know, built, you know, at a young age, built, built, built the foundation going back to my childhood from yes, 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 uh, yes. making pizzas and, you know, picking golf balls up and, you know, telling, so, telling people the next, uh, you know, the best next movie that they should be watching. And then yeah. to moving to New York, it, it kind of built this layer, uh, mm -hmm. these layers that I, you know, that I have, you know, and, and that, 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 that's like now when I left Gramercy, that's when I got the the first uh, you know psalm gig, and that's a whole other story. So how you, how you start with a with a uh, with a wine wine industry, especially you became a master sommelier at what age? Um, so you know it's a good question. So wine, you know, like I said, uh, the Greek guy uh, Stratis, he kind of uh, he, I was like, really wine. I thought it was like, you know, I'd only known wine from like Monty Python movies and, you know, mm -hmm. either it was like uh, hobos drinking out of a paper bag or it was like rich people <laughs> in these like, palatial restaurants, yes. fancy restaurants. And I didn't know there was this in between. I didn't know there was farming and vintages and uh, different grape varieties, uh, you know, and in Pennsylvania, by the way, it's controlled by the state, you know, the wine. Yes. So, um I, didn't, I wasn't exposed to it so much. Um, and again, I got this book and I started reading and then I started getting these jobs. And um, when I was in Jackson Hole, actually, uh, I lived in Jackson Hole for about two years. Uh, I kind of skipped over that. But yes. um, there was a guy named Ken Fredrickson at the time who now owns uh, Tenzing uh, in, in Chicago. Very, yes, very yes. Um, uh, entrepreneurial guy. And I remember him coming you know, we had this like dollar beer night kind of thing. <laughs> the whole, everyone would go to this dollar beer night and I was bartending and waiting tables and working in a wine store. You know, I was going through the motions, I, but I, I had no idea quartermaster sommeliers or, or uh, uh, the quartermaster sommeliers existed. 
mm-hmm. and he kind of comes up to the bar and everyone's like freaking out. They're like, Oh my God, you know, that guy is, and he had, he had just opened a restaurant and uh, you know, he was, he was, he was kind of an enigma uh, mm-hmm. to the community and, and, and then like master Salme. And so I ended up working for him for a bit and I watched him go through the master Salme exam. He was drawing maps. He was, um, he was, um, you know, taking notes and he was very focused and studying. And I was like, oh, I got to do this. But I didn't actually take the intro exam until about three years later. Because, um, I mean, there was, this stuff didn't exist. There were yes, like yes. four or three, four of them a year. Yes. Um, I actually, I was at Gramercy Tavern at the time I did my intro. And it's interesting because introductory exam. So there's, so let me just back backpedal a bit here yes, on that one. So master sommelier is a, you know, it's a title. It's a, it's a, an accreditation that you, you achieve in the wine industry. It's the highest level for um, service. Uh, there's also master of wine and WSET and other accreditations yes, yes, yes. that anyone out there who's listening um, can take. It's not, you know, it, it depends on what your path is. Uh, but the first step is called the introductory course and the introductory course. Um, I think there were like five, given at that time five now there's like yeah, hundreds because it the, the I think 900 is, now yeah so it's it's yeah. insane it's insane uh what's gone on in the wine That's which the, is good so yeah so um I, it took me a couple of years but i was like master some so i started mimicking some of the stuff he was doing drawing maps and you're, you're studying and getting composition books and mm-hmm. you know reading and then taking notes as I'm reading, buying the wine that I'm reading about. So if I was in Bordeaux or Burgundy or Loire, yes. or, I, was, I was buying that wine, tasting that wine, reading about that wine, you know, and going through all those motions. And then I finally, um, I signed up, and I don't even know how you did this, you know, in 2001 or whatever. I signed up for the, um, the intro and you know, the internet was still like, fairly Slow. new <laughs> yeah i you know you had a modem and dial up yes, yes, yes. um so we i signed up for the intro but i had to go to toronto um hmm. i live in new york city by the way working at gramercy yes. Tavern, and the only place i could go was toronto um, <laughs> which is canada yeah so toronto's a great by the way toronto's an incredible city great uh wine city um and I had met a sommelier who had come in a dinner to Gramercy and he's like, you know, dude, uh, actually I'm helping facilitate this thing. He wasn't, he wasn't a master, but he was kind of like a coordinator for yes, the yes, yes. helping around there. Yeah. Yeah. So he's like, stay at my place. And so I was like, okay. So I went up to Toronto and did the intro and, and uh, you know, I kind of never looked back uh, from there. And I was at Gramercy and in New York, by the way, Nobody was talking about this. Nobody was doing this. Uh, there was like a couple of organizations, Sommelier Association of America, American Sommelier Association. There was, you know, some other things, but nobody really was talking about the ma- Master Sommelier kind of thing, Court of Master Sommelier. So um, I, and I think the, you know, I, the last person to pass was like maybe Andrea Immer, Andrea Robinson. That uh, She's a um, yes. great, uh, uh, wine, uh, uh, you know, Presario, uh, she's, she's amazing. And, but no one was doing this particular path. Um, so it was about 2001. So it was a long time. Tells you how old I am. 
<laughs> I was 10 still young. You're still young. I was 10. I was 10. I was 10. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I passed that in 01. And then uh, in 2003, I found out about uh, this thing called the advanced exam. Now mm-hmm. there's a middle part called the certification yes. uh, that didn't exist then. And um, so just to give you an idea, in the, in the advanced exam, there were about 25 of us. One mm-hmm. exam for the whole world whole year <laughs> 25 <laughs> now i think um the advanced exam has about i don't know seven i can't speak for the numbers but 700 or so applicants maybe more maybe which less somewhere good, which is good yeah so there were 25 of us and uh, <laughs> uh it was one of the most daunting um events of my life but fortunately for me it was held in new york and uh that gave me a little bit of a home field advantage um to do it. And I actually passed in 2003 and that consists of, you know, a service exam, which was, you know, the most terrifying thing in my life ever, a blind tasting exam of about six wines and then a theory exam uh, about, you know, a hundred questions or so uh, written multiple choice, some things. So you have to pass 60% of that. Um, So you jump, you know, now they, now there's a preparation of sorts with, with this, uh, you know, with the master sommelier, quarter master sommeliers, where you do the intro and then you, you have to wait a little bit to do the certification. And then once you do the certification, depending on how well you do, um, you then get into what's called an advanced exam or advanced, um, and and that's split in two, two also. Yeah. It's an advanced course. And then you go and you, you know, intake information. It's basically like a mastermind or something like this where you go in and you learn uh, from different masters and then you get into the system to take an advanced, (laughs) your advanced exam. Yes. Yes. yes, And if you, if you pass that, then you're in the queue to uh, take the master theory, uh, which uh, I think is a pretty cool when they, when they split that up, I thought it was a pretty cool thing to do because um, I'm a big fan of, if you, if you don't know your theory or your, your knowledge part, you're not going to be able to maneuver. You know, it's like, I talk a lot about mechanics in hospitality. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you know, being able to carry a tray and serve a glass, you know, hug, we talk about hugging the guest yes. and, and just the mechanics of hospitality in that sense. Um, but if you don't have your, your theory and your knowledge straight, you're, you, you, there's no way you're going to be able to go to tables and serve them and, and give them a, an experience, uh, you know, and, and be able to answer questions. And chances are you're not going to be able to taste wine that well because you, you, can't, you can't understand what, what, you know, a lot of it's like math. You know, it's like you could taste different things, but you, you compute them. It's, a, it's, a, it's almost like a algebra. Uh, yes. when, when I'm tasting, it's like algebra. It's like X box this times y equals this that 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 you know and when you're when you're tasting wine you have to have all that information to be able to kind of sort out yes, yes. details so and that's kind of the you know the nuts and bolts of it so then you, you if you pass the theory now then you get activated to take the service and tasting portion so it's a bit of a i mean this is probably now a 10-year climb for for yes. anybody that's doing it, um, I did it in about six. I did it in six years back then, and I passed the introductory when I was uh, twenty, twenty five, twenty six, twenty five. I passed the no, I twenty five. 
uh, whatever. Numbers are yes. important. <laughs> exactly. Now uh, it's done. <laughs> it's done. Um, but I, but I, but I went O one introductory, and that blew my mind. And by the way, let me go back to that. Mm-hmm. Watching Doug Frost and watching Wayne Belding and Damon Ornowski and Joe Spellman, who I just want to call out here, yes. uh, teach with transparent. You know, remember the overhead uh, slides with the with the projector? Yes. Yes. And yes. They were responsible for all their own, you know, <laughs> their maps and stuff. But th- those guys lit me up. I mean, I was like, I'm doing this thing. I want to be like them. And, oh, that's inspiration. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. And, and, they were, and they were hospitable too, you know. Going back to your, your concept here is they were – if you, you, you could do one of two things. You could be scared out of your pants and not talk to them or you could have cojones – and go and, and, and be like, hey, I have a question about that thing that you were talking about in Portugal or Spain or Bordeaux or whatever. And I remember getting all their email addresses and emailing them um, questions. And they would respond within a couple of days a week. And to me, that was, that was like, wow, me? Like, they're you're talking to me? <laughs> talking to me, right? And then in um, 03, I remember taking my service exam in a new master because uh, you go to different tables and you do different exercises. Mm-hmm. And back then we had a cigar service table because that was still part of, uh, you know, cigar service was a part of the, you know, the situation. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. I had to learn how to do cigars. Um, and it was a fairly intimidating. Um, he, he's a French guy. He's very intimidating. I'm, I'm now friends with him. Um, <laughs> and he talks like this. And I was like, what's the, what, what should I drink with my Monte Cristo? And, and, uh, you know, it, I'd never seen, I, I had to go learn how to, you know, cut cigars and stuff. Yes, and I yes, just remember yes. walking away from that table, just like, oh my God, I, I just got, you know, literally I got smoked. And <laughs> one of the other masters who was kind of the, we have a major D that kind of helps people out and yes, yes. usually, and he walked up to me, he's like, dude, you're, you're cool, man. Like, just chill. And um, so like the hospitality piece was always there. But going to the master, I mean, I went 0 for 3, man. I was, I was, you know, so back then you take all three parts, one, two, three, service. You get service one day, theory one day, uh, tasting the next day. And I went in there 20, 27, 28 years old, and I was like, I'm going to take this down. I'm going. And I got, I got crushed. Like, oh. just, just, you know. And I remember, uh, the, I don't know if you know uh, who Madeline Trafon is. Of course, yes. So I was unable to stay for the feedback. I had a, a flight or something. And she called me up and she's like, well, you know, how do you think you did? And I was like, um, <laughs> you tell me. <laughs> uh, she's like, well, you're not quite there. Um, so, you know, but it was, but again, it, hospitality, right? Yes. And it was delivered in a way that was, was, was um, you know, she gave me the feedback. Like, you need to work on this. You need to work on that. Um, and, uh, you know. And I went back the next year and I was kind of like, I got this again, got two parts, didn't get the tasting. Mm-hmm. And um, then it took me a third uh, try. So it took me one, two, three years. I went 021 is what I'd say um, in the Master Sommelier world. But I mean, I was working in restaurants. I was a beverage director. I was, I was, I worked for a distributor. I'd been the bartending. Is, I mean, like all the time also to stuff. study. It's not that easy. Yeah, I mean, studying's all uh, the way people study now is way different than mm-hmm. 
the way I did. I mean, I had books, I had books and comp. I had, I had physical books and composition books. And there were, there were kind of uh, there was information passed around amongst candidates, you know, of things that you should know and like packets. So like, here's, here's the packet on South Africa. Here's the packet on Chile. Here's the packet on wow. Australia. And here's the stuff you need to know. And like, you had to know it. You had to like, that was, and then you had Brian Julian's book, um, which was um, kind of yes. the framework for the, the testing back then. He's a, mm-hmm. a British master sommelier who... Um, founder, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's a founder. And then, you know, um, you had, you just read books, man. I, I used yeah. to just carry a backpack around New York City and read books and, you know, <laughs> read on the subway between, you know, when I would get you know, on the subway to, you know, luckily I had 30, 45 minutes, people complain about the subway, but you know what? The subway is the greatest place to study. If you're in New York city, if you're driving a car, I guess you could have an auto audio book or something like that now. But back then it would be like, you'd have a book in your hand and you might miss your stop because you're like, Oh man, you're (laughs) in it. You know? Ah, so, so you pass, uh, what year you passed the master sommelier? Um, 2007. And I was number 79 uh, in the United States. Wow. I think now there's about one, I don't know, there's 170 or something. So No, it's um, over 200 something, I think. Yeah, but um, the, 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 the U.S. and the, uh, the there's quartermaster sommeliers U.S. and there's quartermaster sommeliers worldwide. Yes, we yes, are yes. one part, we are one organization, but we operate uh, two, it, they operate in kind of two different Yes, different continents, basically. Yeah, so what, you know, the worldwide takes care of most of Europe. Uh, the U.S. has, believe it or not, has like South America, Korea, some other odds, okay. and then um, that that the we proctor and we yes, do yes, 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 yes. well, not we um, the, the COMS. Um, so it's pretty interesting. But uh, I was number seventy nine um, of. I don't, you know, I could have been 77 if I, if my tasting was earlier. Right? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> it's never late. It's never yeah. late. So I was, I was 30, you know, I really, you know, you read about these people like uh, Greg Harrington, who owns Gramercy Cellars. He was about 26 or seven when he passed and he was like some prodigy and Alpana Singh, who also is in Chicago. She's in Chicago. She's got a couple of restaurants. Yes. Check, please. She's amazing. Uh, both of them are good friends and amazing. And she was like 26, 27. So, you know, when you're 26, 27 years old and you're in New York city and you, you're competitive, you know, and yes, I was competitive yes. and I competed a lot too. That's a whole other thing. I, I competed for, um, I competed for best sommelier in the Americas, uh, Trophy Runar. I competed for best sommelier in the world in 2007. Um, the year that I, uh, passed the, uh, master sommelier, uh, mm-hmm. exam. So you're, you know, when I, I passed when I was 30 and I was like, man, I wanted to pass in my twenties, <laughs> you know, it's like this thing. Well, that's a good you thing. Know, good thinking. Yeah. Good mindset. I, I, I don't sound chilled out, but I'm more chilled out than. Yes, than, yes, than yes, yes. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's been, you know, the, 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 the journey's fun and, and the people you meet over the years and the, you know, work, you know, I've, I've always taken the Gramercy Tavern piece back to hospitality Mm-hmm. with me and uh even with students today i'm you know uh, i'm known as like i give like a lot of feedback and i, st- I sit with students and I, I i spend a lot of time because you know that's that's hospitality right yes 
So you, you want to give people great feedback and great information and, um, you know, great experiences. So, I mean, of course, of course, yeah. you, you have to, you have to create a, I call a legacy also. Well, I mean, what, what is a legacy? <laughs> still trying to create. Well, still young, still, still young. Uh, you, you, you did a lot of work also uh, with uh, uh, wines of Chile, wines of uh, south, uh, south of France. Uh, you also uh, created a lot of cocktails for a lot of restaurants and uh, restaurant groups. Can, you, can we speak about that? Yeah, sure. Um, good question. That's a lot of stuff. Yes, um, yes. So, so short or long, long conversation. Yes. So let's let's. Um, so I I've opened I've helped opened or developed or created uh, menus or beverage programs for over thirty restaurants. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot. Um, so I'm finishing up a project now, which I'm pretty psyched about, um, called, uh, Chikarashi Iso, which is, um, kind of a Japanese Izakaya, great <laughs> chefs. I took the project because I like the owners. I like the chefs. And I think these guys are gonna, gonna, gonna go somewhere. Um, as far as, um, you know, Michelin or <laughs> New York times or whatever, I yes. think they're good. They're, they're, they're something cool. Um, so, um, I've opened, you know, 36 restaurants, but one of the things that people don't know about me is um, I've actually done more cocktail programs than I've done wine programs, which sounds weird um, because, you know, the bar world and the wine world are split to some degree. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm not really known in the cocktail world as like some, you know, I'm not known because I don't run a cocktail bar. Uh, I'm not part of that, that bartender community. Yes, yes. But as a restaurant guy, uh, I understand how to build cocktail programs and, you know, build bars and build, um, you know, recipes and costing and things that um, are part of, you know, the, the DNA of a restaurant. Yes. And it started at Gramercy Tavern, oddly enough, where it was the only restaurant at the time in the U.S. that had, um, that, that had a cocktail program. And that's due to the GM, Nick Matone. It might have gone a little bit before that with Steve Olson, but uh, who both of them are amazing yeah, yeah. luminaries in the hospitality field. Mm-hmm. And and uh, when I got my first sommelier job with Laurent Torrendel uh, at Cello, BLT uh, restaurant group now, he owns Lamico, LT Burger. He's all over the world, yes. one of my mentors and, and friends. And he's like, I, I get a gig as a sommelier at Cello, three-star New York Times Michelin, he says to me, I want a cocktail program. <laughs> it's just like 2002 or something, 2003. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's before like the, the whole thing yes, was, yes, yes. was going. And he says, or a cocktail program. I was like, chef, I mean, like I got to get this wine program down. And he's like, tomorrow. And, <laughs> <laughs> and you, know, you know, this is the old days where the chefs could be like, you know, That's you it. know now. <laughs> and so, Luckily, I had had, I bartended for a couple of years and I knew how to like sort of make recipes. And I was, I was also in charge of um, kind of batching stuff for uh, Gramercy because we batched a lot of uh, the stuff mm-hmm. and it would be batched in the cellar and then it would be brought up. Um, so I was in charge of some of that stuff. And boom, I make this menu and he's like, all right, this is great. <laughs> so, 
And I named, you know, I had like six drinks. I had names. I gave them, you know, the restaurant was called Cello. So I gave them sort of symphonic-y, yes, yes, yes. classical musician-y kind of things. Um, I don't know, arpeggio or some, you know, uh, whatever. I could get a book out and give you <laughs> the, the terms of music uh, you know, speeds. Um, so, and then I did the cocktail, I helped do the cocktail program for a couple Asian restaurants, uh, a couple John George restaurants, and then BLT Steak. I did all those drinks. And basically from there, I just keep, for whatever reason, I've done about 36. Uh, right now I'm working, I've done milkshake cocktails. Uh, I was one of the first wow. people to do spiked milkshakes for Laurent BLT Burger uh, before Black Tap. You're different than other people, I believe. That's why people, uh, they hire you, they, they love your... Recipe. Yeah. Yeah. And it's this new one, you know, I get to learn about uh, sake, sochu and some areas I don't, you know, that's not my wheelhouse necessarily, but um, I'm psyched about this new menu because I'm working with uh, Asian citruses, mm -hmm. uh, spices, sochu, sake, Japanese whiskey, yes, yes. Um, ume, all kinds of different things. So you know, that's one piece of it, but uh, yeah, a lot of cocktail stuff over the years. Um, um, and then, you know, the speaking gigs, really, I love that stuff. I, yes, mean, yes, uh, yes. I was the ambassador for Wines of Chile um, for, you know, about most of 2000 to 2000 and, uh, 2010 to, mm -hmm. you know, today. Um, and then Southwest, I did Southwest, Sudwest France specifically. Yes, 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 um, yes. Which gets lumped into Languedoc Crucian sometimes. But we're yeah. talking about the Atlantic side. And uh, lots of other people, but um, wine education, wine entertainment is something that is, uh, I love doing it. Well, um, I'm, I'm going to stop you here because that's when I, first time I met you, uh, you were doing wine of Chile and I okay. was, uh, I was a guest at your seminar and I was blown away. I mean, with the detail, I mean, the details you're saying about the soil, about the taste, it was like, you know, it was amazing. That's when I got like, you know, inspired to go more deep on wines. So, wow. Go ahead. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so that's awesome, man. Yes. Do you remember what the um, mask, where the, what, what, where we I was were? in New York City, but I don't remember the year. Well, okay. Maybe seven years ago. I don't know. Maybe six years ago. I'm, I don't remember how, how long it was. Well, that's interesting. Um, you know, I get a lot of people that say things like that to me and say, hey, I remember when or I, um, you know, I met you here or <laughs> I was in San Diego or San Francisco, Chicago, uh, San Antonio. To, you yes, know. yes, yes, yes. So those, those things, um, that, you know, with Chile, I mean, I learned, I learned about wine. So I passed the master's on the exam in 2007, right? And people think that this is the be all end all and this is the last stop and, you know, whatever you, you've made it, you can kind of hang the hat up and whatever. But when I started engaging and, and got um, working with uh, Chile, I actually spent a lot of time with winemakers and Chile was still finding its feet in the wine world because they had rediscovered Carmenere and they had changed all this. They had to change everything. Yes. And they wanted to be a they wanted to be a player in the wine world. So I was growing up as learn. I, I basically went from being a master sommelier to jumping into their world, 
-hmm. And they were almost like in, you know, going into middle school or something (laughs) from, (laughs) from elementary school to middle school and learning algebra and learning physics and science and all these other things. If it metaphorically, if you understand what I mean. Yes, 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 yes. And I got to go along on the ride and I had a backstage pass to anyone I wanted to talk to. Um, And the thing about Chile is, is that it's not just one region, one grape variety, one producer. Yes. Producers have fruit and uh, farm and have vineyards and multiple different places with multiple different soil types, with multiple different varieties that grow best in that spot. So they have a spot for Chardonnay. They have a spot for Sauvignon Blanc. They have a spot for Pinot. They have a spot for Cabernet Sauvignon, Syrah, et cetera. So I was able to learn through that lens, um, you know, what grapes grow best in what climates, what grapes grow best in what soil types as they were learning themselves. So I was getting this information. I'm staying with winemakers. I'm hanging out. I'm seeing two, three, four winemakers a day, then having Pisco Sours at night with them, you know, and hanging out. So um, I literally got so much information from them. And it's interesting because uh, when I started as a presenter, and a speaker, I was terrible. Like you, you know, you go oh, from. Oh no! When I saw you, was, you were like amazing to me. Ah, oh, thanks. But thank you. Um, but you go from you go from being on the floor and running your own domain, and you know, dealing with your numbers mm-hmm. and administration, and you think you're awesome. But getting in front of fifty people that are your peers, and just you know, talking, it, you know, it's it's it. You think you might be good, but chances are you suck. And, um, you know, the first couple of years were a bit wonky, but over time you, you just own that type of information. You go to the wineries, you know, you own the stories, you create your, you create your own storyline yes. and you, and then you can, you can pick and choose like, um, stories, right? You can say, okay, well, you want to talk about Cabernet? here's how we're going to talk about Cabernet. You want to talk about Syrah? Here's how we're going to talk about Syrah. Sauvignon Blanc? Here's how we're going to talk about Sauvignon Blanc from a winemaking perspective, not yes, a soil. Yes. So I was able to kind of maneuver after a couple of years. And, um, you know, I also know how to, com- you know, command a room. I can just go into a room and be like, hey, everyone, what's happening? Here we are. Here's the wines. Let's do it, right? Yes, yes, and, yes, yes. Um, I learned a little bit from presentation from guys like Kevin Zraeli, Steve Olson, um, Doug Frost. Again, uh, you know, I watched a lot of uh, speakers and then I watched like Tony Robbins and, uh, yes. you know, some motivational guys. Of that course, get on yes, stage. Yes. And um, so, yeah, I mean, that is uh, kind of where I'm headed towards uh, in my, in my new iteration um, of myself. Cause I'm always, you know, every couple of years I do, I transform into something different. But I want to go back to that because that to me had the most impact. And just speaking to you right now yes. uh, is, is a case in point where I made an impact. You know, yes. you're like, oh, this guy, he, he, did. He, yeah. was, he, was, he gave me some energy. He gave me some information and, you know, I want to know more about wine now. Yes, correct. Yep. Yeah. That's so correct. I also, I was going to ask you because uh, you don't see, uh, I mean, people don't see him a lot on uh, YouTube or whatever, but you did uh, uh, Star Chef some slam, and if you follow those videos, I mean, you did you did run whole competition. 
Yeah. Can you please yeah. explain, uh, just <laughs> discuss that? Because if people that go and saw, this, saw those videos, they're going to just get like, wow. Who's wow. Fred X? Well, you know, I'm it's Fred funny. I, I, you know, I haven't seen those videos, to be honest. Oh, with you're going to see them. <laughs> it's kind of like we don't like to hear our voices, you know. Yes, we, yes, yes, yes. Uh, but I've done a lot of video stuff, and um, you see my one-minute wine reviews. I'm yes, we're going to talk video. about that later on. But <laughs> let's talk about it, uh, Star Chef Samsland. So, yeah, yeah. so you know, uh, Star Chef's great organization. Um, they they actually had developed this concept of Samslam. I came in year two, and um, I did it for about ten years. This year, I'm hanging up my hat uh, on it, and. Um, so it's a sommelier competition where we develop something where there's about 12 sommeliers from around the country that um, we put them to the test with, uh, with theory. Uh, we, did, we ended up with like a Jeopardy type theory thing where uh-huh. you, you know, I ask questions based on sponsors, you know, who, who comes in and, and supports the event. Uh, any question, uh, we do like a Jeopardy type of thing. We do a blind tasting. We do some other things. And then we do food and wine pairing. And, and then there's about 50 or so judges that taste food and taste the wines. And the Psalms, you know, they get to pick from a stable of wines. And they, you know, get to pick a wine and then go around and pour it and sell their sell their story. And believe it or not, there's a lot of organization that you have to have um, behind the scene uh, with that stuff because it's live and it's happening um, in the moment. Um, but but that, that that event to me was, um, you know, I, I did that for about nine years, 10 years. And, um, you know, just seeing the sommelier community rise and uh, hear people's stories, uh, see the judges and, and be part of that yes. uh, event. I mean, it's like, a, it's like lightning in a bottle, that event, because it just like goes so quickly and, and it's... Um, but you know, I, I think there should be more events like that because it brings the community together. Again, it's the hospitality and it wasn't so much about who wins or loses or, or this or that you would see the Psalms hanging out together and, and networking and, uh, becoming lifelong friends. And that to me is what those competitions do. They create, you know, you're, you live in New York, someone lives in Chicago, Houston, Seattle, and all of a sudden you've never met this person yes. and you're hanging out and you're, Oh man, that's, I've, I have, you know, that's what I do in my restaurant and that's my problem too. I share an experience. That's amazing. Yeah. 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 And that, that event, um, is, is an incredible opportunity for Psalms and you know, any Psalm who's, you know, certified advanced, you yes, know, yes, yes. Should, should apply to do it and, and check out, uh, ICC, uh, Psalm slam. Yeah. Well, now we're going to talk about your new project. New project. Uh, yes. <laughs> Tastes like a master. Yeah. So Tastes Like a Master. Some, some videos there, they're like, wow. So Explain Tastes Like a Master. What are you doing with that? So Tastes Like a Master. It's funny because um, about 10 years ago, decade ago, I used to do some classes for Aster Wines, um, mm-hmm. which is a store here in New York, great store. And I created a thing called Tasting Like a Master. I did. Um, a live kind of a, how to taste, you know, blind taste kind of thing. And fast forward, maybe, you know, five years, um, I teach at the International Culinary uh, Center, which, um, which has an, what's called an intensive sommelier uh, program. 
and it's a, it's about a, there's two different paths. There's a 10 week all in. how to taste and that was how students would come up to me they'd be like you know you you're, you've really helped me learn how to taste and break it down mm-hmm. um you know and all all the different professors it's all masters we all have different strengths you know some some have better history or technical knowledge yes, yes, or yes, yes. you know and that's great right that's like a that's like you know a, a great mix you know it's like a band you know everybody's <laughs> got their instrument that they're so i started thinking like you know the, I gotta, I gotta get, I gotta, I gotta do something where I can be out further than just one-on-one than just talking to a group of students and being physically present. So I have been working over the last couple of months, almost a year on um, creating an online tasting program. Mm -hmm. And that is a tricky thing because Tasting is an experience that typically you need to, you know, if I'm teaching you how to taste or teaching you what to look for in a wine or whatever it may be, the wine should, it has to be in front of you, right? Yes. So I've been, it's been an interesting thing to figure this out. So um, Taste Like a Master, I've, I, 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 I want to be empowering people to become better tasters, whether it is for an examination or if you're doing WOCT, Master Psalm, uh, Master of Wine, or you are someone, and I found this out, there's a lot of people that are not in our industry, not in the hospitality, beverage, food industry, mm-hmm. that want to taste wine and uh, learn what to drink, how to drink, how to taste, what to collect, yes, yes. what to buy. So there's... <clears throat> I'm still trying to figure out which, which is the, so there's something called an avatar who, who I'm going to talk to. Um, but the product I think I'm going to launch first is more of a 10 wines or 10 styles of wine. Everybody must know to be able to start their journey on becoming an unstoppable wine taster. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> um, it's I'm close to, uh, I'm close to launching it. Um, in, in a form. So, so what I, what I'm going to do with this Arjun, is it's going to be um, a, like a webinar. So it'll be a narrated uh-huh. webinar. I'll teach you how to taste um, it. Some of the video, some will be PowerPoint and you buy it. I'm working on trying to find a facility, a facilitator to give you the wines um, that you could just click a button and, you know, get a kind of a wine club type thing that uh-huh. you get it. And then um, you play along and you, uh, you taste the wines, boom, 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 at your own pace. Um, and then I offer some group coaching or a one-on-one coaching, like a Zoom call like this. Yes, yes, yes. So yes. Uh, like, hey, um, hey, what's your problem with tasting wine? And you're like, well, I have a problem with uh, neutral high acid whites. All right, let's work on that. Let's That's get it. some Pinot Grigio. Let's get some Albarino. Let's get some... You and know, you can taste uh, right in front. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So um, I'll offer some uh, coaching. And what I, what the, the idea is, is I don't know if you know the concept of masterminds. Yes. Um, 
groups. They're familiar. Yes, yes. I've been yes. to couples. Yes. Uh, yeah. So groups of people. I want to get groups of people together and get them talking to each other and and uh, be kind of the leader of a couple different groups like that and get people energized and um, get them into groups where they can talk to each other and help help each other out because uh, that's what I've learned through this class um, through the teaching. You yes. know, multiple cultures, economic groups, uh, people in restaurants, people that are lawyers, people that are finance people, Wall Street guys, uh, people from other countries that English is the second or third language. Yes, yes, yes. Um, you know, and what, when you get a bunch of people like that together that are for one common, you know, they want one common goal to taste yes. wine better. Yes. So, yes. To um, understand wine better too. Understand, yeah. Yes. So my my goal is not an accreditation. My goal is not to teach you laws and rules, and no. you know, my goal is strictly to teach you how to look at wine, and how to visually cue it and see all the stuff, um, how to smell. But it's you know, I could talk to you a lot about uh, or you know, orthonasal versus retronasal versus yes, this, yes, versus yes, that, yes, 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 uh, and concepts and tasting. But a lot of it's textural and how to feel and really kind of. Um, you know, how to look at a wine and then how to feel it. And exactly. those are my two main strings I pull upon versus the just smelling and like, oh, this smells good or, Absolutely. oh, I smell, because uh, tasting can get you, it's wine tasting, by the way, it's not wine smelling. Um, so, exactly. <laughs> so well, a, lot, a, lot, a lot of people also, you know, the, I mean, the masters that you guys taste so different, the regular people that taste different. Yeah, you know, they, they just, just yeah. uh, swallow the wine and they they make a heck of a decision. Oh, it's good or not good. Yeah, and as a master, you play around with the wine. You you heck of like you say, you're doing a math. You're picking up the acidity, the tanning, the this that. That you make you come to a conclusion the wine is good or not good, whatever. Yeah. But that's a, that's more technical. Yeah, so you're trying to give them an idea how the wine will taste, how the wine will taste from this region. And they still can make up their idea. I mean, what style they like. Yeah, of so course. That's the point of, uh, you know, getting the groups. And uh, I've been to a couple of those kind of master, uh, I call uh, minds, and it helps a lot. I mean, if you don't know wine, you definitely got to do that. Yeah. Well, you know, so that's, you know, it's taken me, again, a couple of months to really understand um, because an average consumer is like, I like this wine, I like this brand, or, you know, I drink Diet Coke, I don't drink Diet Pepsi. I, you know, uh, and, and American consumerism, um, well, I, I think it goes for a lot of, probably any culture. I like this, I don't like that. I like spicy food, I don't like this. I, you know, I, um, so for me, wine has so many different flavors and tastes and, and colors and styles. And yeah, I mean, it's endless and endless and endless. Um, the, the one thing with the consumer, uh, with it, with, if I have an average consumer, you know, co uh, co a customer or client, it's kind of like, well, what do you like? Let's find out why. And then let's find out what else we can bring to you so we can expand your world a little bit. And even if it's like, hey, I like really expensive Napa Valley wines or I like really, you know, I like lush Pinot Noirs or I like Burgundy. Let's find other things that might, you know, might, you know, be, you know, uh, you know, a deal for you and, and get you drinking different interesting things. But, um, cause a lot of times, you know, we are, we are like, I like this. I don't like this. I like this. I don't like that. Um, and with wine, it's not that way. Uh, I, I think, you know, the wine world is, is probably the most unique 
it's like music or art. It's, it's very, yes. very subjective. And it's yes. like, Hey, I like this kind of music, but I don't like, I like Bach. I don't like Mozart. I like, uh, you know, I like, uh, Franz Litz, but I don't like Paganini. I like Metallica, but I don't like Megadeth. I like, <laughs> um, you know what I mean? Like, yes. so there's a lot of subjectivity to it. And with, with, uh, with people that aren't in our world, the hospitality beverage, you know, world, I try to kind of get them, you know, um, what do you like? And let's find some other cool stuff. So you got more things to play around with. You got more toys. Open up you know? your mind. Yeah. And also like, why are you spending 50 bucks or hundred bucks on this? What, what, sure. do you, what you, sh- wh- here's how you measure qualitatively that. And that's what people want to, people want to be justified on, on their, on their purchase. Right. Yes. If you buy a watch, you go to the office the next day, your buddy's like, Oh, you got that watch. And then you next, next week you get that car and then you put, you park it in there uh, parking lot and, and it's like, Oh wow. You know, John got a new, uh, Porsche, you know? <laughs> um, but what's the justification for the purchase? Um, and what's the value? What's the, what's the value proposition on the purchase with people in the, the, uh, with people that are in the, you know, I originally con- concepted this, uh, conceived this, uh, concept for the WSET entry level one, two, up to three, for the quartermaster sommelier intro certified advanced to help them. And especially people who don't have access to being in New York city or Chicago or uh, bigger markets where they can get a mentor or they can get um, access to an individual who can help them. Mm -hmm. So I, I, um, and then I started, you know, looking at podcasting and, you know, zoom calls like this and, you know, that there's a virtual world an online world and e-learning that, you know, if I can create a product that helps them get over their goals and, and be a coach, you know, and help them. Uh, and it brings access. value. You're going to bring value. Definitely going to bring value. Well, you know, we talk about, you know, so what's the pain point, right? The pain point is yeah. I'm a sommelier. I want to be a sommelier. I live in a market like Tulsa, Oklahoma. I'm just throwing it out there. Or to, Toledo or, or something like yes. this. But I don't have anybody to talk to. And I don't, have a, I don't have a mentor. I don't have a, I don't have a, a master, whether it be a, a, you know, someone that's a WSET three, four diploma, high level or master wine, master sommelier, or, or some, a guru of sorts that they can yes. go to now with the world that we live in with this kind of virtual uh, experience, they could, they could come to me in a live coaching call, or I could develop something that they one, can one. look at at their own time and um get the information they need and be taught because because a lot of it is like i teach people like i wish i would have known that three months ago you know i wish i would have i wish you i wish i met you a couple of you know i wish you so i get that a lot people like i wish i would have i wish you would have been my instructor i wish you would have been this i wish i'm like well if that's what i'm getting on feedback as a human being i'm going to create something where you can see it and buy it. You don't need me physically, right? So um, that's kind no, of. That's, the, 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 I mean, uh, definitely, uh, it's unbelievable idea. Myself, I really support that idea, and uh, you should just post more videos, uh, get get people know you. So social media definitely will help you. You know, spread your message, and for real. Uh, People that live in you know, some states, they can even gain touch with any uh, sommelier, or they yeah. probably they have no sommeliers there. 
Yeah. And you'll be the perfect fit for them. Uh, another question. Where do you see yourself in 10 years? What's your plan? Well, in 10 years, so, you know, um, I really want to go into the digital world. Um, I really am interested in doing more online, more video, more um, it's, not, it's not TV anymore, really. That's not even important. Um, like you said, content creation. Um, I'd like to just be a content creator and talk to people and motivate people and get people to taste wine and, um, you know, kind of unlock the mysteries. So I look at myself being more into a uh, virtual space and um, enjoying my life. You know, you ever read the four hour work week yes. <laughs> by Tim Ferriss? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So I'm influenced by... I still by, don't believe that, but it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I'm kind of in a strange uh, position uh, now because I have all this experience in hospitality, beverage, wine, cocktail, this and that. I can open restaurants. I can build programs. Um, I'm not really motivated by that anymore because I've crossed over into the Tony Robbins world, the, the, the Tim Ferriss world. And, yes. um, you know, I've been working with ClickFunnels and I'm working on some, some things like this, um, you know, Facebook ads and yes, you know, yes, yes, yes. Uh, Instagram. And uh, by the way, LinkedIn is, is incredible. Um, I had no idea. That's how we kind of connected on this. It's, I think LinkedIn is LinkedIn bigger is, than Facebook and uh, for, for, Instagram. For you get the likes. It's good exposure, but if, if you really want to get more students, LinkedIn. LinkedIn. My opinion. Yeah. So I'm, I'm big on LinkedIn. Uh, you know, for years, I really I had an account, and now I'm getting people um, engaging with my pages. So I do these uh, one-minute wire reviews, which I'll talk about in a second. Uh, so I just want to be able to um, be an ambassador, let's say, uh, conduit to great products and uh, things I things that come I come across I think have a story that um, that that I, I want people to know about. You know, even if they can't find that specific producer or that specific thing, um, just the transformation and transfer of information in that sense. Um, to me, I, I, that's, that's what I want to do. There's, there's, I have so much information. I have so much connection to uh, the <laughs> wine world, beverage world, producers, chefs, and that's the next step. I want to be able to just talk to people, get them excited. Um, I'm not selling any, I'm not selling wine. You know, uh, we could talk about maybe Gary V there's a, you know, he had a wine store and that was the reason he, created his first yes, kind of, yes, um, yes, you know, yes, his yes. first blast into the world with a yes. wine library TV. Um, I'm not selling wine. I don't own a wine store. I don't own a restaurant. That's, that's not my, my thing. My, I yes. want neutral transfer of information um, and to be able to educate people and get people excited and, and uh, be a place where people, you know, also um, be a place where people can ask questions and, and get information. And I'm, I'm developing that type of uh that type of uh product and that type of um uh thing for for uh for people who are both you know uh, two there's twofold thing here yes yes the consumer so you, you talk about linkedin there's a lot of people on linkedin that are entrepreneurs that are financed that are you know own businesses outside of the world of hospitality yes correct. and beverage and that is a huge customer base that I'm, I've discovered. 
um, that I'm, I'm, I'm working on trying to fill that need. And then there's the people like we talked about that are like, Hey, I, um, you know, I, I'm a, I, I'm new to wine or I'm a server and I need more information or I just got hired by this hotel or I just got hired by this restaurant yes. and, uh, I'm a bartender and I want to know more. So I'm trying to figure out how to, um, solve their problems and get them information on how to taste because you could read books on wine all you want, but how to taste wine in a physical way is still something that it's still a, it's still a problem that doesn't have a a solution, right? Cause it's, I take this, you taste that. I don't, I don't know. And this, you know, it's still, I mean, the way we communicate right now, it's a, it's going to work because let's say I have a glass of wine right now and I'm, uh, you know the, the region, you know the grape variety, you know everything about that wine and you, you tasted so many wines. You probably went through that wine. You, maybe you don't remember, but you have an idea how that region, because they change, you know, like you know exactly and you yeah. can discuss that. You can keep them a guidance. That's, that's the muscle mind style. I mean, that's the, that's what you, that's where the video and the digital will work. That's why I believe on that. Yeah. I mean, you just nail you, You're hired. All right. You're, yes. you're, <laughs> you, you work with me. So the idea was, is classic wines, textbook wines, teaching how to taste through the lens of textbook wines. And that's yeah. um, what I'm working on. Not, and, and, you know, I've talked to, Every time I talk to a winemaker, it takes me another week to iterate um, and it's feedback, right? Input, yes. output, feedback, input, output, feedback um, is the, is a, it's a big circle. And, um, you know, we could talk about the absolute truth, total objectivity. And that's what I'm trying to get at. So I'm taking classic grape varieties, take Sauvignon Blanc, for example, and saying, okay, Sancerre is the benchmark. Puy Fume is in second place. Bordeaux Blanc changes a little bit because it has, it's blended, but we still have yes. to reference it. New Zealand, right? And then we have California and others. So yes. I'm looking at the, you know, if you take the median of 10 wines, 10 producers, and you crunch the numbers, you'll end up with, you know, a style. Yes. And I'm trying to take the most objective piece and say, if you learn to taste by tasting these 10 wines or these, I, uh, I originally had about 30 grape varieties mm-hmm. um, that I've, I've kind of identified are the most important. And then there's iterations beyond them. So yes. again, like Sauvignon Blanc, but Chardonnay, you have Burgundy, right? So you have Chablis and then you have Cote de Bone, which you have, you have Merceau, Chasson, yes, Marche, yes, yes, yes. They're all different. So I have to kind of figure out those Same guys. Styles, yeah. You have California, Russian River, Sonoma Coast, Santa Barbara. You have, so I'm kind of crunching all these numbers and crunching, you know, the styles of these wines and trying to find the most objective, you know, way to, to teach. Mm-hmm. Here's how you taste this. Yes. And if you, if you taste this, if you taste the wine to the, it's, it's kind of like the grid backwards. Cause we talk about the grid in uh, in yeah. any of the wine tastings, like here's the grid or what do you smell? Okay. Uh, you know, what's it look like? It looks like this. It, it smells like this. Um, so there's, you know, different fruits and different flowers and herbs and things that you smell. But if you teach people how to taste to, to it, if you teach them how to taste wine specific, it's like, it's like, um, the best way, you know, you, you look at like a Tom Brady, right? 
Tom Brady prepares every week to the defense of that team, or maybe even prepares now for week eight because he's, he's so yes. good. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so he's preparing like three weeks, five weeks out to the next yes. team. But he looks at the defense and picks it apart. So the way I look at the way I train people to taste is like, this is Sancerre. Well, let's taste Sancerre to the defense of Sancerre and match up. So it's a, it's a different way of, of looking at it. So I teach people how to taste to specific variety and then to the specific terroir, soil. I mean, I talk a lot about, that's a big thing too, is like, you know, dialing all these soil types and really explaining how texturally soil, you know, that's a big Text. thing. Texture for soil, whether it be limestone, chalk, uh, clay, loam, you know, low, the, the schist, great schist, yes. <laughs> uh, slate, you know, whatever, um, sandy soil, um, teaching people how to pick up those textural cues. And then the winemaking piece beyond that is huge because then, you know, different people are doing different things. And now it's the, the book is, the book is wider. You know, it's a big grenade that's been thrown because there's producers with stainless steel, there's producers with concrete, there's producers with eggs, you know, there's producers with, you know, different types of oak. There's American oak, French oak, Hungarian oak, Austrian oak, da, 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 you know, and yes. then some producers are using five different, things so yes, yes. and then but trying to distill that down into here's what you know trying to you know get the Let's noise away. simpler a little more simple yeah so but i'm crunching all that stuff and i'm doing all that work um you know that's the thing um that's you're the master that's you well you know i'm doing the hard work and i'm trying to figure out how to give it to a consumer client in the most digestible format you know um, Excellent. yeah so that's you know th that's my mission and um that's i'm pretty excited i uh, really to, love your videos <laughs> and i can't wait to see more and i can't wait you to launch your first product and yeah, yeah. where's where, where my audience they can uh, follow you and they can see you uh which so social media use more so the best way to find me in the, in the way I kind of am trying, I'm transitioning is uh, taste like a master. So I have the taste like a master on um, Instagram and that's where I post the videos. Uh, mm -hmm. The most videos uh, taste like a master on IG, just like that. Yes. And um, I have a fan page, Fred Dex MS on uh, Facebook. Mm -hmm. um, and then on LinkedIn, uh, for those in your audience that are more into that, uh, you know how to find me, Fred Dex MS. So there's two Fred Dex MSs, Facebook and uh, LinkedIn. And then on Instagram, it's uh, Tastes Like a Master. And <clears throat> I've been doing the one-minute wine videos just – by the way, that's practice. So yes. part of the, the one-minute wine videos are practicing. And when you get good at doing a one-minute video and you can uh, – you know how I have a, I have a formula – Here's yes. the wine. Here's what's going on. Here's the producer. Here's this. Here's the. Here's what it looks like. Here's the smell. Here's what it tastes like. Exactly. Ciao. Bye. We, and it's, every it's day we learn. Every day we practice. Yeah. So yes. every day we practice. And um, but I'll be putting up um, once I launch uh, the Taste Like a Master. The first iteration. It's probably going to be the ten wines, the ten styles of wine you need to know uh, to become a, an unstoppable taster. Yes. Uh, laser focused ninja taster um uh i'll start doing kind of more um like here's how to look at a wine here's how to smell a wine here's how the look corresponds and correlates to the way it's going to feel so i'll start doing more of these one minute um 
you know, give, you know, here's, here's gimme's, you know? <laughs> um, so yeah, that's, 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 that's it. That's the next kind of, uh, you know, like I said, it took me about a year to figure out where, um, where I want to go with it and figuring out who's interested. And now I'll take another couple of months and really start to, um, you know, chisel it into something that, you know, is, is, uh, anybody can use it. Anybody can learn from it. And then, um, if you want to go deeper, you, you pay, you pay for the, the program, you know, of and course. I'll have different iterations of, of that white wine of program, red wine programs, yes. uh, food and wine pairing programs. Um, I mean, it's endless. It's that's, of that's course. a thing too. Of course. <laughs> it's unstoppable, endless. Um, of course, that, that's why I interview only unstoppable people. How to build a wine list, right? How to build a wine list. What to look for when you're a customer on a wine list. How to go to a retail store. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's, It's I mean, I had to go back to the the, the most simple questions because uh, like I'm a master, right? So you you think way up here often. We have to go down to the basics and build, you know, go back to the foundation, rebuild it and then build it back up again. Uh, So it's pretty exciting because um, I never stop learning. And I read all kinds of, I mean, I got Tim Grover's Relentless right here. I got yes. neuro, Neuronology. You should check this book out. Okay, uh, this, excellent. This is, in, this is incredible from uh, Gordon Shepard. Yes. Then I got, on, look at this. You'll love this. Unstoppable. Ah, there you go. <laughs> <This> <laughs> is Michael from Jordan. me. <laughs> Michael Jordan's no, coach. Good. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I know him very well too. Yes. Yeah. And um, then I got my other, yeah. So I'm constantly like moving around, uh, reading different things and, um, putting different types of information in. Um, and then, uh, LinkedIn's been incredible and meeting up with you. And I really appreciate you having me on your, uh, oh, your I, had I some really, really, really appreciate it. You know, I know we can go on and on and on, but we yeah, have to yeah. stop it here. We're, and, we're, we're 75 minutes in, I think. Uh, yeah, it's so. all good. It's all good. You know, we should go a little longer, but you know, I know time is money. You know, we have I missed to I do. missed a lot of stuff too. Like yes. there's a lot of other things in there. I uh, know we can have a part two. Definitely have it with other people. I have to do part two. So definitely we can do part two with you. And thank you for for the interview. I mean, uh, for your all the permissions to give it to our audience. And talk to you soon. Thank you, Fred. Hey, thank you to being unstoppable, Appreciate my man. You you are unstoppable. Thank you. Rock and roll, brother. Take care. Ciao.